It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and today I will be presenting a one of, one of my favorite artists out there. If, if you like death metal and you don't know this guy, then you really don't like death metal. It's just that simple, because this guy is the, the king in that world, but he's also the king in creating this, this music that he's been doing on the side, which is so, so different from, from his work in Nile, but is so compelling as well. Latest release is called Saurian Apocalypse, and here to talk all about it is the great Carl Sanders. Carl, how are you, man? I'm doing fine, sir, and you? I'm great, man. It's great to talk to you, and it is great to talk about Saurian Apocalypse, a record that I'm just going to say right from the start. I have, I, I'm not the most cerebral guy in the world, and boy, it takes a lot of listens to really dig into this thing, man. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's by design. So congratulations on that, and tell me a little bit about it, man, because this is far deeper than what most people get from a, you know, from from any release, let alone from you, but just from anybody. <laughs> uh, well, the project originally started as a way uh, to just chill out uh in between death metal tours with some some music that you know uh wasn't you know uh super fast hard loud um yeah because when you're you're doing a death metal tour not only do you get your own dose of death metal every single night uh between sound check and the show and whatever else is going on but you also hear all the other bands do their sound check and do their show so it's a full-on onslaught of death metal all day long. Right. And, I mean, I am a death metal fan, so I am pretty happy about that. Although, uh, in all candor, every once in a while, I just need some peace and fucking quiet. Just right. to hear myself think. So uh, that's kind of where this project started was I wanted to make some music, but, you know, I wanted something quiet right that would let your mind wander a little bit maybe a little bit cinematic uh you know like i really like soundtrack music Um, okay so you know that's kind of the origin the genesis of this project was just you know i I wanted to do what i do but do it in a quiet you know uh dreamy kind of you know uh setting sure definitely Mm -hmm. now I, I, I'm curious just for for you, Carl, are you a big reader? Because, I, I mean, you, you don't just write this music by being, you know, casual, oh, I, I watched The Expanse on Amazon once and then I wrote something. You know, I mean, this, this is really deeper, deeper stuff. So how much do you read and or, or study or, or just enjoy, like, history or science fiction, probably more to the point? I, I am a science fiction fan. Uh, my dad had an amazing library of science fiction uh it was always there as a kid so from an early age i started reading so yeah it's it's something i, I really enjoy um uh usually on airplanes right or on the tour bus or waiting on an airplane uh uh that's when i have time to read these days and i don't have as much time because now choose up shitloads of time and uh certainly for for nile there's a lot of research that goes into those songs right Um, so it it really eats into my reading for pleasure time um 
but I read when I can. Uh, my wife is actually a much more avid, well-read person than I am. Because um, I just don't have time for it anymore. Um, right. I'm hoping that when the day comes I finally retire, uh, I'll have more time to read again. Sure. I, uh, I Somehow I don't think that's coming anytime soon, though, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, you know, we, we had this talk uh, band meeting. Me and George were going, well, we don't feel tired. Sure. So would we want to retire? And then, of course, George did his uh, Tony Montana Scarface impression that he always does. I'm going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, well, Carl, um, with, with this new record, and, and I'm going to take a guess, and, and this is my best guess at what this record is. Tell me where I'm wrong, and then I have questions if I'm even sort of right. The best guess I have, and, and I'll, I'll tell you straight up, I'm guessing from A, listening, and B, from reading the bio, which, you know, I know how that goes. It's not always accurate to what you're saying. It's what they're saying. So the best guess I have for Saurian Apocalypse is it's you've got a doctor and you've got some other person that's like a survivor of mankind's destruction. And it's kind of the the tale of the two of them trying to either survive or reconstitute what's left. Is that close? Well, you're not far off. Okay. Um, um, and as a side note that will help under, under explain my answer. <laughs> uh, while I was writing these songs, uh, the stories that like I was thinking of when I was coming up with the music were just way more than lyrics could possibly encapsulate. So I realized pretty early on, I, you know what? This story is a book. So I started writing a, a short sci-fi novel. I've actually okay. done two complete uh, drafts. I'll probably do a third draft and finish it off when I get some more time, probably after the next novel record. Um, right. But yeah, it is. There's a book. And there's uh, Dr. Luciani. He's uh, one of these soul survivor guys, right? He's not the only survivor. Um, most of the survivors of the apocalypse have been enslaved okay. by these Saurian overlords, these reptile uh, who got really smart. They evolved. They hyper-evolved. Right? It's a sci-fi book. They... Uh, after mankind takes uh, takes themselves out, wipes themselves out with an apocalypse, lizards and insects take over, and uh, the few survivors are, are turned into you know mindless slaves. Okay. And uh, Dr. Luciani, uh, he uh, he finds out what these Saurian rascals have been doing. Right, and he he uh, it turns out that he's not above doing some despicable shit to try to save the world. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's saving the world, but of course he's he's deluded and insane. Um, and these are some of the things. Right. On <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a whole lot to this story. Sure, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, really think people will 
will enjoy reading this book and and you'll you know they'll a lot of it will make sense like some of the concepts like what the fuck is this thing about right yeah, it'll all make sense when you read the story sure now now carl for for you and this is a big probably i'm wrong but is this written i mean it's obviously written as fiction but is it is it in some way almost like a uh you know uh a look at you know how the world itself is kind of decaying and writing you know kind of like a parallel to the actual events of the day and i, I mean obviously there's not you know zombies and insects running the world yet or maybe there is and the zombies are presidents of countries and leaders and you know it, it could be well you know i don't necessarily take all the conspiracy theorists you know seriously i, I think a lot of them are are kooks right uh, who can't tell fiction from reality but i can say this that judging by the actions of our world leaders which seem inexplicable to uh, a normal human mind one has to wonder if yeah maybe have lizards haven't taken over uh the minds of some of these guys because they make decisions that are not in our best interest right they're in somebody else's best interest uh no you're right <laughs> uh so you know while well you know it, it is science fiction uh, you know life imitates art art imitates life right um, how can you not think of it sure no you're right well well carl one of the things i did want to ask you about too and uh, and it's because quite literally you sent me to google to figure out what some of these instruments were i i mean I never had heard of a Baglama Saz or an Anubis Sistrum. I did not know what these were. So I had to go to Google to find out. What is it about these instruments that are not so well known that attracts, not necessarily just you, but, but musicians in general to it? Is it just because they make sounds that are so outside of guitar, bass, drums, you know, the standard yeah. instruments? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. That is the simple truth. Um, the Baglama does not sound exactly like a guitar. It's got its own personality, its own vibe, its own heritage, mm -hmm. its own language. Um, which, curiously enough, uh, I'm a guitar player, so when I play the Baglama Saz, I'm not playing it like it's supposed to authentically be played because, well, I'm a metal guitar player. Right. So it comes out, you know, not your average, ordinary Turkish Baglama uh, kind of experience. It's somewhere else. To me, it sounded like worship music for crocodiles. Um, <laughs> nice. How did you find these instruments? Is it from the years of touring? Like, you're, you know, you're in a country somewhere and somebody hands it to you and you're like, oh, what is this thing? Or... Or are you a music? Are you a musicologist that kind of studies different instrumentations, or what? Uh, well, to some extent, yes, it's from touring. A lot of the music shops where I find stuff, like our Seattle, 
New York, Berlin, London, um, uh, Toronto. Okay. So no, not Toronto. Um, fuck. Big Canadian city. Montreal. Big, Montreal. Montreal. Um, some of the Tibetan stuff that I have came from a little shop in Montreal. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where some of it came from. Just, you know, going, oh, this is pretty cool. I think I'll get this. Uh, nice. Uh, am I a musicologist or an ethnomusicologist? Um, I don't think so. Well, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy listening to indigenous musics from all over the world. Um, it doesn't necessarily make me an expert, um, nor does it motivate me to be some sort of ethnomusicological preservation society. Because um, I'm doing something that's a little bit unique. It's, you know, kind of taking a little bit from this musical culture a little bit from that one a little bit from this one right throwing it in my metal melting pot uh as it were and you know hoping to do something creative with it um yeah okay excellent well carl why don't we do this let's uh let's take a quick break here and give people a taste of some of this new music from sorry and apocalypse uh you have the video out there for the sun is the sun has set on the age of man uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this song to uh lead us into the video uh it's the opening track on the record uh it's very much a mood setter uh uh insects and reptiles have taken over the planet Man is no longer the dominant species. In fact, we're hunted every night when the sun goes down. Yeah. So All right. That's Excellent. our that's our setup. <laughs> All right. Well, let's check it out right now. This is the sun has set on the age of man. It is Carl Sanders, and we'll be back with Chris Aiken presents. That was The Sun is Set on the Age of Man, brand new video from Carl Sanders from the new release, Saurian Apocalypse, which is out July the 22nd. So this Friday it comes out. And uh, Carl, you've explored 
a lot of soundscapes, not only as a solo artist, but even in Niall. I mean, Niall, anybody that doesn't know should know, Niall is definitely not comparable really to any death metal band that I can think of, just because you guys have always had a different approach. You've always used different sounds. I mean, there's there's the obvious Egyptian thing that's always related to what you guys do. Um, are these solo projects, the solo releases though, are they a pro the product of giving you more freedom to explore more sounds that you feel like you can comfortably with Nile? I, I think so. I, I think there's a greater freedom just because it does not have to fit into the niche that we've created with Nile, but also because you know if you want to have a metal album that has lots of other stuff in it if you have more other stuff than you have metal it's no longer a metal record right. it's a something else record so as much fun as you know playing all the other cool uh kind of soundscapes is right i mean something can only be what it actually is if you you put more of that in there than what you put in metal it's no longer a metal record now is definitely a metal band right uh, so you know it's it's a question of balance uh uh and priority um sure yeah. are, are some of these songs like ideas that maybe you had for nile and they, they just didn't progress that way or no not at all uh, I, I know pretty much if the, something is going to be a now song or a Saurian piece because the whole vibe, the the intent mm -hmm. is different. Now is very much a violent, you know, destructive, as heavy as a pyramid kind of sound. Right. Um, you know, it's it's a giant sledgehammer of the gods. Um, the Saurian stuff is for chilling the fuck out. So it's it's always obvious to me which which thing goes where. Um, yeah. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Well, well, Carl, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Simonia Moroni, Mulleroni mixed and mastered this with you. What kind of guidance did you have to give him? in this process because i i cannot imagine i mean i'm not a i'm certainly not a mixer or a master or an engineer but i cannot imagine taking so many of these ideas and these instrumentations that are so uncommon and making sense of it so that it's not a mishmash you know i mean it, there's a skill to right. that and I, and I imagine you have to provide that ear to tell him that no well the great thing about Simo, uh, he's such a professional and such a nice guy that many of the abstract conceptual instructions that I was trying to share with him, mm -hmm. he was absolutely willing to go there with me. I mean, most times when you're making a record, you say, okay, you know, turn up the EQ on this. We need to compress that a little more. We need to make the kick drum hit harder. Turn sure. up that guitar solo. Make that scream louder, right? That's the kind of things that, you know, metal guys say to the guy mixing. Sure. Right, when you're making a metal record. But none of that applied in this situation. For me, 
as I was trying to explain things to him, it would have to take very abstract forms like, dude, you hear that voodoo kind of sound that's doing that? It's like trying to bring the evil element out of the darkness and into more darkness. Well, we need to make it more darkness there, but have the evil do this voodoo thing. And, you know, it almost sounded retarded, but that was the only way to communicate such abstract concepts uh, like uh, divergence, uh, the third primordial ascension. Uh, I had to write things like, dude, we need to make it sound like we started off at the bottom of the ocean and we went on a long journey up through many dangerous perils. And then at the end, it needs to capture the audio essence of these gentle sea creatures being devoured by voracious reptile lizards hanging on the beach and they need to sound like they're dying on the beach. Right. That's what it needs to sound like. And uh, he took all that like complete nonsense and actually translated that into whatever technical way of thinking about it he needed to. Sure. <laughs> and made that uh, abstract insanity tangible. Right. Well, I just hope you paid him well because, wow, that's a gift to be able to do that. <laughs> he's quite talented. You know, he's, he's done a lot of great records. He's, it, it, as a guitarist in his own right, he's, he's a virtuoso. Sure. Uh, um, but as a producer, he's extraordinarily gifted. Um, I really enjoyed working with him. Uh, I'm sure there was a patience factor uh, that he had to right. have. Because, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like speaking some you know, science fiction language uh, to try and mix this record. Sure. Well, it, it's definitely a record of a lot of soundscapes. I, I would say if I was going to describe it to somebody, I would say it's a lot of soundscapes. It. It, it, I could see this thing really being like the whole back end of a movie, you know, taking different pieces of it and really playing as a different end, you know, as the background to, you know, a lot of sequences in a movie. Mm -hmm. That being said, so, you're, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing oh, with you. Oh, you're okay. Absolutely right. Sure. Yes. <laughs> well, for you, a touring musician, you guys always want to find a way to present this stuff in the live setting. Are you even considering that I, I can't even imagine the undertaking to do this but will you be trying to present this in some form in a live setting or is it just for you know listening consumption I, I think at this point it's for listening consumption uh, to really do this music justice you would need a considerable budget you would need a Hans Zimmer size budget now, I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. Hans Zimmer's uh, performances um, sure. but they're, uh, they're incredible. I, sure. I would suggest, uh, if anybody wanted to see, you know, all right, what is this music that you're listening to and anything Hans Zimmer scores, what's actually involved in all this stuff? Um, because it's quite extensive and he's got an incredible collection of musicians, uh, to, to do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so write that down. Hans Zimmer <laughs> live. Uh, it's quite the extravaganza. Absolutely. They even had a Netflix thing at one point. Um, okay. 
Yeah, it's absolutely worth watching. Sure. Is is this sort of sort of music, and and maybe even doing sound soundscaping for TV movies, etc. Is this your future after Nile? Like when Nile eventually does does put it put itself to bed? Is that what you is it that kind of where you think you're going to go to, or is it just this is this is just kind of your side thing for now, and you'll see what happens. I think this falls into it's the side thing for now. It's something that I enjoy doing. Um, okay. People say all the time to me, "Dude, you should uh, work in film and, and sure. TV." And I go, "Well, yeah, sure." Um, those gigs are actual gigs that pay actual money. Uh, <laughs> so the you know, breaking into that field is uh, well, if you can make it happen, that's a really really good thing. However, those are closely guarded gigs uh they don't give those to just anybody so sure i would yeah. be thankful and honored and grateful if an opportunity like that uh opens up one day sure i'd love to do it sure and the other the other thing that might be difficult and not that you couldn't overcome it but i i wonder how as somebody that's always been able to freeform write what you want to how comfortable that would be for you to to say okay well here's our concept write to it you know and then writing writing material to it instead of writing what you want to write well you know what you just said is certainly a very real thing however sometimes it's easier to let someone else come up with a concept and you just okay. do music um, if you got to come up with a concept and come up with the music, all of a sudden now you're you're like you know making like these arbitrary decisions, and because it's your own music, making a decision about it like okay yeah chorus is four bars long blah 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 sure right right uh, but if it's someone else's music, you. It's not that you don't care, but it's not yours. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to go, yeah, sure, here we go. And you don't agonize over all the little decisions because it's someone else's baby. You're just, right. you know, helping them realize their vision. And you just, you know, take their instruction and guidance, you know, hey, man, can we do something like this? Well, sure. Yeah, no problem. But when it's your own music, yeah, dude, uh, every decision you you, you agonize on because mm -hmm. it's your, care about it, like it's your baby, right? right? No, you, no one's going to be able to raise your child with the same level of commitment, love, and care as right. you, right? That's why kids need to be with their own parents, if at all possible, right? Uh, you know, because no one else is going to care for that child as much as, you know, you the, the yeah. parent will. You no. know, absolutely. Unless there's something wrong with the parents, which, you know, that that happens quite a bit. Yeah. In that's a whole, that's a whole nother record for you to write. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, Carl, obviously, man, the new release is called Saurian Apocalypse. It out July the twenty second. And um we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up with the video for uh Skullfuck Ritual. So why don't you why don't you tell us what this one's about to wrap this up? Oh man. Uh 
this this is a really long story, so I'm not going to go into the full long story, but okay. school fuck ritual. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of kind of you know what people do to their brains, um, ingesting way too many hallucinogenic substances in uh, the places you can go. <laughs> In your mind, uh, when your brain has been fucked, yeah. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, hopefully not take people all the way there, but let's let them feel it from the outside. So check it out. This is Skullfuck Ritual. It is Carl Sanders. And Carl, thanks so much once again for joining me here on Chris Aker Presents. Thanks, Chris.